This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. I'll be focusing on uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, and so I want to begin by, by reading from 1 Peter 3, uh, verses 15 and 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us around your word. We know that, that wherever we gather around your word, where, where two or three are gathered, there you are amongst us, speaking to us through your word. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would change us, that you would lead us into your word, and that we would be stronger because we heard this message. And don't let anything that I'm doing get in the way of your will. In your name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I grew up singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And I remember hearing uh, in that song, I was also supposed to, to not let it, anyone snuff it out. I was not supposed to hide it under a bushel. I was not to let Satan blow it out. And that song gave me meaning and, and purpose. As a, even as a young boy, I remember it was just kind of natural me playing with friends to, to share my faith. I, I had a couple of friends who, who weren't Christians or didn't go to church. I remember sharing my faith with them. And I remember years later, I don't know, it was about 10 or 12 or so, getting a phone call from one of my friends. And he said, hey, hey Ben, I, I'm going to church now. I'm a Christian. And it just gave such hope and, and purpose that that I could share that, that God loves all people, that, that God is this beautiful message of love. But then over time, I think it's, it, it changed. I started hearing a, a different message. I started hearing um, that, hey, Ben, it's great if you have your faith. That, that, that's great if you want to have your personal faith, but would you keep your personal faith private? And then over time, as we became more of a, a post-Christian nation, it got even more pointed. Um, I heard messages like, not only keep your personal faith, faith private, but keep it private because it's dangerous. And there was quite a few different writers, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, who, who were really uh, speaking strongly against it. Some of them would say things like, look at 9-11. That's what happens when people get too religious. And so I felt myself, maybe over the past two decades, maybe hiding my faith, my light under a bushel. And maybe you felt that same way too. Maybe over time, uh, maybe your, your faith has just gotten blown out. But now is a time when 
feels like everybody's walking in darkness. We're isolated into our homes. We're, we're filled with uncertainty about the future. We don't know what's all going on. And so now is a time where we all need to rediscover the light for ourselves and let our light shine. And so that's the question I want to answer today. How can we let our light shine in the midst of darkness? And to answer that question, I want to go to 1 Peter. And we've been going through 1 Peter as we continue on this sermon series called The Way of the Exile. And the reason we called it the way of the exiles because the people that Peter was writing to were living in a pre-Christian world. And because they were in a pre-Christian world, they were this misunderstood minority. And they didn't have any power or prestige or leverage in the, in the world. And so all they had left was love. And so Peter is writing to them and he's saying, consider yourselves exiles or foreigners in a land, uh, but that God's with you. Now we don't live in a pre-Christian world. We live in a a post-Christian world, but some of the things are are similar. We're kind of part of this misunderstood minority and we don't have any leverage or power or prestige. All we have left is love. And so Peter's words to God's people in the first century can really apply to us today. Now in that first century, they were getting a, a, a very similar message that maybe something you've experienced. They were being told by the Roman Empire, uh, that's great if you want to be a Christian, but keep your personal faith private. In fact, it was even stronger than that. Keep your personal faith private because your personal faith is dangerous to the Roman Empire. You see, if all these Christians start popping up, people will start giving their allegiance to this King Jesus instead of the emperor. And so the Roman Empire decided to start squashing uh, Christianity. Every emperor started to get more and more hostile. Uh, By the time you got to uh, 250 AD, uh, one of the emperors, uh, Decius, he said said that to be part of our empire, you have to burn incense to the emperor. You have to burn incense to the emperor. And if you don't do this, uh, you're going to get executed. And so it was under that kind of persecution, that kind of intensity that Peter is trying to write to God's people. He's writing to them because he wants to encourage them. He's afraid that as they undergo persecution, the light of their faith, well, it's not going to shine anymore. They're going to give up. And so Peter gives us some advice and, and, he, and he wants to speak to us and encourage us. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he says this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Now, I just want to first explain what Christ as Lord is all about. Uh, Peter is saying here uh, that consider Christ as king. Look at Jesus as the ultimate emperor, as the king of kings. And, And I know sometimes as Christians, it doesn't feel like Jesus is king. And that's what it looked like when he was on the cross. Do you remember when he was on the cross uh, and and, and Pilate had written above the cross, this is the king of the Jews? Well, Jesus didn't look like much of a king on the cross. He looked weak. He looked helpless. And yet when he was on that cross, he was doing the most powerful thing ever. He was dying on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. And then he proved that he was king by being resurrected from the dead. 
And now he sits on high as he ascended to heaven and he rules over all nations and kingdoms and diseases and economies and pandemics. He is the Lord. And so Peter's saying, consider him Lord, King, Emperor, King of Kings. Jesus is in charge. But then Peter uses kind of a, a strange word that if you look in lots of different translations, there's, there's, there's so many different ways to translate this. This word, revere. So I want to talk about this word revere for a moment. It's actually the word sanctify. And so some uh, people have tried to translate with lots of different things. The idea is sanctify is not a, it's not a common word right now. It's not something that we speak about uh, very often. But sanctify means to set aside something as holy. I don't know if you watched uh, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Maybe you see that. where uh, th- That was about that box that the ancient Israelites had that represented the, uh, the presence of God. And, and the ancient Israelites would take this ark and they sanctified it. They put it in the temple so no one could touch it. That's what it means to sanctify something. Set it aside, protect it so that no one could touch it. And that's what God is saying. That's what Peter is telling us to do about our faith. He's saying, sanctify it, set it aside. So I was trying to think about what would be a word that maybe all of us could understand that we could, that, 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 that would make sense to us right now. What would be a word to set something aside, protect it, keep it from being infected? What would be a word that would kind of have that meaning? And I thought, quarantine. Now, I don't know if I knew what quarantine was a month ago, But we all know what quarantine is right now. We're all quarantining ourselves in our homes so that we will not get infected by this virus. And that's what Peter is saying we need to do with our faith. We need to set this apart. We we need to protect our faith that Jesus is king and not let anything into our lives that would change that. So maybe be careful to how much news you're watching if that is infecting your faith. Quarantine your faith. Uh, Maybe be careful how much you're listening to different things on social media, uh, what news articles you're reading. Not because they're not true or anything like that, but, but be careful that you're not letting anything change your mind that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so that's our first point. What, 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 what Peter wants us to know is, number one, if you're doing fill in the blanks, the fill in the blanks are on the side there. If you go to the notes section, you can look at that and follow along. The first fill in the blank is this. In your hearts, quarantine Christ as Lord. Don't let anything infect your faith. Don't let anything change what you believe. That you believe, even though sometimes Jesus doesn't look like he's in control, that you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. Now when you do that, you'll have what what author and theologian Mark Sayers calls a non-anxious presence. That, that, that you'll walk around and, and you'll have a non-anxious presence and, and people will, will get to know you and they'll see that, that you're different. Um, I'm not that we're not afraid or, or scared or, or, or you know, aloof to the reality, but, but you believe that Jesus is Lord and so you have this non-anxious presence. And, and, and so what do you do with that? Well, people are going to recognize that. And so Peter says, so always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. So always be ready. 
Always be ready to to explain why you have this hope, why you have this non-anxious presence. But do it with gentleness and respect. And that's what I really want to focus on right away or right now is that the idea of gentleness and respect. You see, we live in an age of outrage where where everyone seems to be angry. Um, Because we live in a post-Christian society, it seems like politics has become the new religion. And everyone seems to be angry about it. Everybody's shouting at the other side. If you want to see um, what, what this looks like, just read the comment section on any blog, on any YouTube video, and on anything that's out on the internet. Just go to the comment section and you'll see the outrage. It seems like everybody is picking up a megaphone and shouting their perspective. Now, how are Christians supposed to respond? Are Christians just supposed to pick up their microphone and shout into this noise and yell at people about why Christianity is right and everybody's wrong? No, that's not the way of the exile. We're in this minority. Uh, We have no power or prestige. All we have is love. And so the way of the exile is to speak with gentleness and respect. I remember we talked about our faith being like this, this candle, this light, this fire. You don't want to burn somebody with your faith. Speak with gentleness and respect. Speak like Jesus spoke. If, if you heard that first reading when Jesus was being accused by the people and by Pontius Pilate, uh, he didn't need to defend himself. He spoke with a non-anxious presence. He spoke with love. That's how we are ready. That's how we present this message. That's how we let our light shine with gentleness and respect. But what is the message we actually want to share? What's the hope that Peter talks about? He says, uh, be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Well, what is this hope that we have? Well, Peter explains that hope in the first verses of his letter. Actually, Pastor Bill did a great job explaining this in the first sermon. But just let me repeat something that, that, that Pastor Bill read when we started this sermon series. In 1 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 3, Peter explains this hope that we have. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. And so Peter says, we have a living hope. Our hope is always alive Because our hope is based on Jesus Christ who died and came back to life. And so Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, we always have a living hope. Um, Because he loves us and and accepts us and forgives us of our sins, we always have a living hope. And then he explains that, that that's a hope that is never going to perish, spoil, or fade. You know, as this pandemic has swept the earth, uh, as it's going everywhere, all these things that we used to hope in, that we thought we were so reliable, we thought uh, maybe um, this, this savings account that I have, these investments that I have, this, this, this job I have, all this work I've done for, on my health, all these things, my, my family, all these things I thought I could trust in, And then this pandemic sweeps in a few months across the whole world. And all these things that used to be so reliable that we used to hope in 
now don't seem so hopeful. They don't seem so strong. They don't seem so reliable anymore. But Peter says, Jesus, because he still lives, because he's alive, he is this living hope. The hope we have in him can never perish, spoil, or fade. Nothing can take, not even death can take away your hope. He says, right now you are shielded by Jesus. So even if you do die, when Jesus returns, you'll be resurrected as he renews this whole world and resurrects all things. So nothing can take away your hope. It is a living hope. And that's the message that we want to share with others. That's the light that we want to let shine. And so here's the take-home point. The, the message that you want to speak to your neighbor is Jesus still lives. Jesus still lives. Jesus is still alive. Jesus still lives. He is the living God. Now, now that, so that's the message you want to share. And, and, and my wife, she's always so good about this. Whenever she reads my sermons, lots of times I'll ask her to read my sermon beforehand. She'll say, all right, now show me what that looks like. Show me what it means to, to share this message that Jesus still lives. Well, it means to share that with your children. Now, maybe for the first time in a long time, you're doing church as a family at your home. Your, your, your kids are watching you pray. Your kids are watching you read scripture. And your kids right now need to see in you that you believe that Jesus is still alive, that you believe that Jesus is still in control. You need, uh, you need to be there for your children. And so your children need to see that light in you that you believe that Jesus still lives. And then here's another way that you could share this message that this hope that you have, that Jesus still lives, that Jesus is still alive, that he is the living God. It's on your walks. <laughs> for the first time, I think in a long time, all of us are walking. We got nothing else to do. And so we're walking around our neighborhoods and we're bumping into our neighbors for the first time. And also for the first time, maybe we're talking to our neighbors about something else besides the weather, Right? Usually we talk to our neighbors and, and we're always talking about the weather. Oh man, it's, the rain's coming or the snow's coming. And that's all we have, this superficial stuff. But all of a sudden, all of us are experiencing this pandemic and we're all put in the same boat. And so now you have an opportunity to, to, to empathize with people as they're afraid and they're worried and they're concerned and, and we share those concerns. But then you can say, but I still believe that there's hope, that God's in charge, that Jesus still lives. And then maybe God will open up the door that, that maybe you could keep that conversation going. In fact, maybe you could even invite them to say, hey, I don't know if you're a church-going person, but you can, um, uh, on Easter morning, you can watch our church live on, on live stream and hear a message of hope. And so that's just one example of one way that, that you can be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. And here's what's going to happen. Peter explains what happens. He says, when you share this, this hope with gentleness and respect in humility, he says, when you do that, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Maybe people heard at one time that, that, that Christianity was, was mean or mean-spirited or judgmental, but as you share Jesus with gentleness and respect, as you let your light shine, with that non-anxious presence, I think people are going to be open to it. In fact, I think people are open to Jesus like never before. Uh, 
so many things that we put our hope in, like I said, have been taken away from us and people seem to be open. We've seen this even even here at at church. People are coming online and, 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 and tuning in and looking for hope in numbers that we've never seen before. And people in your family and in your neighborhood are more open than you think. And so just be ready to love them, to care for them, to to point them to the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, as we continue to to kind of experience this pandemic and go through this very difficult situation, I think it's important that we maybe get advice from people who've been through difficult situations in the past. I've mentioned this this man before, uh, Viktor Frankl. He's that Jewish psychologist who, who survived the Holocaust. And he explained uh, how you can survive very difficult situations. He said the, the, the best way, really the only way to survive difficult situation is you need a big enough why. He says if a person has a big enough why, they can endure almost any How? We need to hear that right now. We need a purpose. We need a reason uh, to live right now. Many of us are maybe anxious or afraid. Many of us maybe are just bored out of our minds. We're, we're, We're losing a sense of meaning and purpose. And so what is our why that allows us to endure anyhow? What is the reason we want to get out of bed every morning? What is it that, that motivates us? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. Sing it with me. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Your family needs that light more than ever. Your Neighbors need that light more than ever. Your community needs that light more than ever. And God wants you to be used to share that light. So let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God. We thank you for giving us a reason to get out of bed every morning. Our families need your light. Our neighbors need your light. Our community needs your light. So Lord God, lead us to quarantine Christ as Lord in our heart. Help us to be, to protect this faith that we believe that Jesus, you are still in charge no matter how it looks out there, no matter what the news says, no matter what's going on, that we believe, we protect this belief in our heart that you are still Lord. And then Lord God, give us a non-anxious presence that, that, that we are able to, to endure and continue to walk in faith and then open up doors, Lord God, that we could spread this light and then give us the words to speak with gentleness and respect so you could further your kingdom even through us. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, And to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.